Welcome to the Northeast Community Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at necommunity.church. So prepare your hearts. I feel like today is a hard word, but it's a good word. Peter's writing to uh, churches that are in exile. Oh, not churches, but yeah, the churches that are in exile, believers who are in exile. And Peter said he is an apostle of Jesus Christ. And he's writing this letter to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. And so we see these believers who are in exile living in these different places. They're dispersed in these different places. But Peter says something very encouraging and very profound when he says, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. In other words, God sees your situation. He knows about your situation. And he still requires you to live out your faith in the situation. Watch this. In the sanctification of the spirit. Why are they there? For obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. And so Peter is basically telling them, you have every opportunity to bicker. You have every opportunity to complain. You have every opportunity to feel like you don't matter. But God is sovereign over your situation. And he expects the sanctification in there, in that season of where you're at. Why? He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to the great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. In the midst of exile, in the midst of despair, in the midst of not being comfortable, God is still calling us to a living hope. So where is that hope found? Where do you place your trust? Right now, in this season, in this hour, where do you place your trust? Because many of us, we can go to your last conversation and see where you place your trust. We can backtrack to your last thought and see where you place your trust. We can backtrack to how you feel and how the situation that we're in is making you feel. And we can see where you place your trust. Oh, we all need help today, church. Because many of us, many of us, many of us have gotten to a place in our walk. We've gotten to a place in this season where we've become lethargic and we've become tired and we've become weary and we've become uh, stressed out and we've received despair because we're not living in hope. And one of the reasons I believe, I believe, church, and we need to get back on track, I believe one of the reasons that we live in this place of despair, we talked about, um, um, when did I talk about that? Maybe I'm just making it up, but Billy Graham talks about 95% of Christians live defeated lives. And the reason I believe is we have these worldly lives. What are you consuming? 
What are you allowing to take root in your heart? What are you putting before your eyes? What are you putting before your ears? What are you speaking? All of those things take root in your heart. And when we get to a place where we don't have hope, oftentimes we can backtrack and see where our faith began to break down. In this, you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him, though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We're going to come back to this section of text, I promise you. We, we just have to plow our way through that, and I just want to point out one thing, that you have been born again to a living hope. I want you to hold on to that for one second. You have been born again to a living hope. Hold on to that one for one second. Verse 13. Because of all these things, because you've been born again to a living hope, because the angels look to see this precious uh, uh, faith that you're getting through persecution, through trials, because of all this, here it goes. Therefore, you see, if I would have started here, y'all would have been saying, what's the therefore? Because you know when we see the therefore, we... Amen. Y'all know it now. And so therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the emotions or the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. First and foremost, verse 13, he's saying because of a living hope, you need to gird up your minds, basically. Prepare your mind for action. Prepare your mind to walk with God. Prepare your mind because times are going to be challenging. Times are going to be tough. And so you have to prepare your mind and in your mind preparation, that means you have to be careful what comes into your ears. It, has, it means you have to be careful of what you are giving precedence to because you're preparing your mind for action. Why? Because you understand that life changes quickly. What's that old commercial say? Life comes at you fast. He's calling us to be sober minded in this hour. Now, listen. Here's the controversial part of what I want to talk about. While the world is battling over uh, different ways of believing, different ideologies, even different ethnicities, we have such a beautiful opportunity, Northeast Community Church, to show the world what it means to love people who look different than we do. I said it a few weeks ago. We've been a great gathering church, but now it's time to step into being a great connecting church. 
that when I look at a white brother or Hispanic brother, or Latino brother, or a, uh, a Asian brother, or a native indigenous people brother, you know, I'm really um, tired of all the changing. And I really think, and I've said this before to you guys, and so some of you guys who are now seeing on the internet, you might get mad at me. And even some people at NECC might get mad at me, but I do not subscribe to the notion that there are different races. I think there is one race, the human race. And I believe that much of the reason that we have a lot of trouble that we have in the church, I'm not even talking about the world, that we have in the church is because we continue to want to put our identities in various things, whether it be ethnicity, whether it be uh, any other thing. Like I just found out two days ago that somehow I'm a BIPOC now. Like literally, I'm in, okay, you knew it was coming, rabbit trail number one. I can't understand this. First, it told me I was supposed to be a person of color. I was like, no, I can't do that. Over my lifespan, I've been called all different kinds of things. And I primarily find my identity in Christ. And you guys know that. And so we've talked about this. We've, we've, we've had sermon series on this. And people disagree with me. And that's okay. But I think I see this in scripture. Um, then they told me I was a BIPOC just recently. Anybody else know what a, uh, is black, indigenous, or people of color? And so the only people that is not in that spectrum now is white people. So tell me, how are we going to come together as a collective group of people that are born again into a new family? When we keep dividing and subdividing and, 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 and I was in this division just two weeks ago and now I found out I'm supposed to be over here. What line am I supposed to be in? But I think that we're missing it. Theologically so, I think we're missing it. And I think some of the challenge is that we categorize one another based on extremities extremities and because our human brain wants to quickly just judge or predict so we say oh he's black so i know what he's about or he's white so i know what he's about or she's latina so i know what she's about or he's Chinese, so I know what he's about. I had a conversation with someone just recently and uh, was talking about some people that were in my circles of influence. And they said something that made sense, but I didn't totally agree with it. I was talking to them about my friends who come from different ethnic backgrounds. And they said to me, yeah, they're friends with you because they know you. And I said, that's the point. Because <laughs> I'm persuaded that a lot of the people that you're arguing with from different backgrounds, you don't know them. Just this week, I had conversations with a couple of young Christians, a couple of young Christians, and 
it challenged me um, because they were like, I just got to reading this in the Bible, but I see this in the church. And let me just put this out there. And people like me who pastor people from different ethnic backgrounds. But I love people from different ethnic backgrounds. I don't just pastor people because like I love people. I'm always getting punched in the face because I'm trying to break up fights. Church, NECC. I think that's what our church is called to be. If we are brothers and sisters in Christ, he said it a while ago, born again. And when we're born again, we're in a new family. We're in a new family where I, our Christian identity is primary. And in the midst of all these arguments, where we're splitting terms and splitting words and uh, creating definitions of what people mean when they said this. I see beyond color. I see beyond color. Because I understand saying I'm colorblind is bad now. And so I see beyond color. I see you. I see that you're black. I see that you're Asian. I see that you're Hispanic or Latino. I see that you're uh, indigenous. I see that you're, 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 you're white. I see that. But that's not what I'm concerned with. I'm concerned with who you are as a man. I'm concerned with who you are as a woman. I'm concerned with how, are, how can I help you live out your faith in Christ? And until we get there, we're missing it. Let's keep on going. And so when I get upset about the things that are going on, when I get upset about the political process, when I get upset about all the different things, when I get upset as obedient children, do not be conformed to the emotions or the passions of your former ignorance. Don't allow your emotions to take over and, and cause you to walk in a way that Christ wouldn't want you to walk in because now you know better. I'm hearing everybody yelling for justice right now, and rightfully so. God did call us to justice. But in our wanting justice, we should not move to a place of wrath. Because then what we're doing is we're saying, we don't believe that God is able to heal hearts. We don't believe because we're so hurt. Seek justice. But as believers, we should be praying for souls at the same time. And you tell me I'm wrong about that. And I was talking to a brother just recently about forgiveness. And that brother was looking at me like I had three heads. And this is another believer. How, Sway? When the word is clear, if you do not forgive, then I can't forgive you. 
And this is the things that I'm talking to these young believers about because they're confused because as, as, as more seasoned disciples, we don't got it right. Well, pray for me, Pastor. I'm not there yet. Okay, I'll pray for you. And God forbid something happened to one of my close loved ones. If something happened to one of you, But forgiveness says you don't have to repay me for the hurt or the damage that you've done to me. That's what forgiveness does. You did something to me. It hurt me emotionally, psychologically. Uh, it hurt, you damaged my property. And so I say, no, no, no forgiveness. You pay me. Does that sound like a parable in the scripture? And people have been clamoring for a prophetic voice. I say 66 books of them, pick one. Because the challenge is if God were to really give you a prophetic voice right now, we would probably stone him. Let us not forget that when Jesus had to go to the cross, let us not forget that the people, the mob, those who are angry said, let Barabbas free. There's a reason why Jesus said that I sent prophets and they killed them. I told you it was a hard word today, but it's the right word. You are called to be set apart. And so many of us are following the world's thinking. It says, love one another earthly from a pure heart. Why? Since you have been born again, not with perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. He's using that word again, born again. What does that even mean? We are born into God's family. We are family. I got all my sisters and me. We're family. So let's act like family. Some of y'all got dysfunctional families. Let's act like we're God's family. Let's act like it. So let's stop putting these other labels on ourselves and just say we're family. If we start there, trust me. Listen, I've, I've listened to the conversations. I've been to the conferences. It's not working. We're family. We're one body in Christ. It's no longer us and them. And so we need to start using that type of language. It's not us or them. It's we. We the body. In this hour, we can't afford to be talking about y'all and them and they. It's us. As believers, you are ransomed from your old family. You are ransomed from the ways of this world. You are ransomed. You've been bought with a price. You've been adopted into God's family. And God's family is made up of all different types of people. And we need to act like it. We need to see people like they're created in the image of God. We need to talk to people like they're created in the image of God. We need to talk to people like they're blood-bought. So what choices do you have to make in this hour? I'm going to give you three. I'm going to have an application moment. And then I'm going to let you go. One. Going back to 1 Peter. Chapter 1, verse 8. He says, though you have not seen him. You love him.
though you not though you have not seen him, you love him. First and foremost, you have to make a choice to love Jesus above everything. More than my political party, more than my career, more than my ideologies, more than my life itself. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, number two, we have to love Jesus, right? Number two, you believe in him. Though you do not now see him, you believe him. So love him, believe him. We walk by faith, not by sight. Though you do not see him, you believe him. We walk by faith, not by sight. Number three, we rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Why? So that we can obtain the outcome of our faith. You want faith in this hour. You need to start rejoicing with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. You need to praise him in the midst of your storm. You need to praise him in the midst of your circumstance. You need to praise him in the midst of your hardship. You need to praise him right where you at. You just need to praise him. And it says rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Because we're created to glorify God. And so our praise glorifies him. When people see that we're going to praise him in a storm, we sang it earlier. Oh, yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Oh, yes, I will praise your name. And when you begin to do that, this joy wells up on the inside. The Holy Spirit infuses on the inside of you. Who wants the kind of faith? You can raise your hand right where you at. Who wants the kind of faith that when the apostles were, 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 were beaten, they were rejoiced that they could, they, they could count themselves worthy to be, to, be, to be beaten for the sake of Christ. That's the kind of faith that the church needs to see in this hour. I mean, when we can love him, when we can believe in him, and we can rejoice with the joy that is expressible and filled with glory. We will obtain the outcome of our faith. And just because you're downtrodden, just because you're hurting, just because you are broken, I get it. Trust me, I feel these things too. I want, I, I want, just because I preach the power of God doesn't mean I don't go through it. Somebody needs to hear that. It doesn't mean I don't have days, and you guys have heard me say that. It doesn't mean I don't have days where I don't want to get out of bed. Church, we have an awesome opportunity. There's not many churches like ours. I'm serious. And it don't take a whole lot of rigmarole. It don't take a whole lot of hurting. It just takes us wanting to say, you know what? I'm going to reflect the body of Christ right here on earth. Stop letting outside forces inform what we should be doing. And take up your cross and follow Jesus. It's going to be the hardest thing that you've ever done, but it's going to be the most rewarding thing that you've ever done. Because we don't live for this world. And I mean that all down in my shanana. And so what's the application this week? Think about since we've been in this pandemic. And about when there is moments where pressure is applied to you. Where you feel like you want to give up, where you feel like you want to give out, where hope is not apparent. How do you respond? Think about the attitudes that you resort to. Think about the habits that you do to cope with the pressure. Do they align with the holiness that Christ is calling you to walk in? If they don't, I want you to pray about it right now. I want you to lay it at Christ's feet and say, Lord, 
I'm tired of not walking in the holy character that you've given me to walk in. I'm tired of not seeing you for who you truly are. I'm tired of giving in to the, the old ways that are according to my flesh. I want to live after the spirit. And if you're doubting that it's possible, you might be saying, Pastor Sean, I, like these things are down in me. I'm going to ask you, how big do you think God is? Because the God that is the God of the Bible is able to do vastly more than our imagination can come up with. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us at anycommunity.church.